Hey guys, wanted to remind you that the registration for the Million Pound Challenge is now open. What the Million Pound Challenge is, is it gonna be a great way to stay consistent well past the time where most people's New Year's resolutions kind of fizz out. What we're looking for is teams of three or four with one of you being a new non-edge member that gets to join for a month and try to reach the Million Pound Challenge. Over the month, what you're going to do is collectively add up all the weight that you've lifted and try to hit a million pounds, which means if you're on a team of three, your goal is to lift 333,333 pounds over the course of a month. If you're on a team of four, 250,000 pounds per month. Make sure you pick a good team so that way you pull your, your weight and they pull theirs. We'll be modifying and adding stuff to the program to make sure that you're able to easily, if you're consistent, hit your goal. Registration for the million pound challenge is open until January 20th. The challenge begins on the 21st. We're looking for only 12 teams and we'll cut it at that. So be sure to register as soon as possible. Looking forward to taking the challenge with you guys. Well, here's the thing. You can't tell me that airplanes can't fly with without their your phone being in airplane mode. It doesn't matter at all. Why does, why does, what is, why? There's absolutely no reason that it has to be in airplane mode. Well. In my opinion, as a fitness professional, yes. Um, <laughs> no, I've got nothing. <laughs> uh, I think the the reason before. I think it's fine now, but before wasn't it because it would interfere with radio transmissions? Yeah, I mean, as, allegedly, as yes, as as my professional opinion as a fitness <laughs> professional and entrepreneur, I would a hundred percent say that's absolutely accurate. But it doesn't anymore. So, could we get rid of it? Like, it's not useful. We or call it something different. Call it like. Like, leave me the fuck alone mode or something. I was going to say, because I feel like the majority of the time that it's used is when you're not on an airplane. Yeah. I and honestly don't know if I've ever put my phone into airplane mode. I'm trying to think about it. I don't think I have. Well, you're busy having a heart attack anytime you're in the <laughs> air, so that's probably the last thing <laughs> on your true. mind. Panic mode. You ride dirty and you don't even know it. Which is I have fine, to use my phone to distract me. Well, does it work? I, I guess I only, I only try when I can, like... If you can make out cars moving, even if they look like little ants and you're in a plane, then 100% your phone's going to work. I've got, when I have gone, I've, I've downloaded stuff. So like on Spotify, I'll download playlists or music or, oh, yeah. or books on there. So that way I can use stuff without having to connect to G, what is G, 3G? Well, I don't know what anything is. It's all LTE coverage is. It's all made up. It's all made up. No, no one. The people selling it don't know. You go to Verizon or something, they're like, I feel like we Wally get this. might know. Yeah, Wally Bob knows. might know. Yeah, but those are all people that are way <laughs> smarter than us. They're smarter than the people making that stuff, so that's, that's, that's different. I don't know anything about the technology that I rely on every single day. No one does. No one. No. Also, like the probably horrible effects about it but that's a rabbit hole we cannot go down right now we can't, <laughs> yeah. we can't get me started on that so we'll talk about something much more fun that's for another podcast yes yeah, on a different channel do something <laughs> yeah. compl- it'll just be like mike mike and matt's conspiracy theory shenanigan Ooh. nonsense we're not, foil hats. we're not doing that <laughs> if we can get like flat build foil hats I'll, i'm in Ooh, okay still gotta look good you know the dad hat made of aluminum foil dad hat is also acceptable do you think dads are like why the fuck you call it a dad hat? Probably. I'll ask my dad. See what he <laughs> says. <laughs> um, did I tell you that you know the white sneakers that like ev- like the like that we call like dad you know like oh, dad yeah, yeah. shoes or whatever? Those were like that was just like what they that was it. Yeah. I was I was asking my my dad about. It. He's like, what do you mean? This is like what we had. Like I have a million different types of shoes, <laughs> and then there was like two or d- three different types, and these were the cool type. Yeah. So they just like that's just what it is. Makes me feel. 
still like I'm gonna call them dad shoes. Kind of pigeonholed into it. Yeah, like you can't change now. Right. But they can, and they and they should. Well, that's the thing. Now yeah. they can. How come? They how come guys just most? I mean, I'm stereotyping, but guys just do not keep up with any trends whatsoever. Not not that they should for most of them, but just kind of like sprucing things up. And mm-hmm. then, but most women do. I feel like. I don't. I don't I get have it. No idea. Yeah, we should take a poll. If you're listening to this and you are above the age of, what age should we say? Forty-six. Sure. If you're forty-six or older, please let us know why you choose to not continue to improve on your fashion. <laughs> or why you do. Or why you do, yeah. Or why you choose to continue it. Either way, I'm okay. I'm curious to know, and we will. We're gonna bring you on the podcast. We're gonna talk <laughs> about it. We're gonna give you. Jordan's gonna give you a makeover. So. I'd actually rather talk about something much more fun than that today. Ray Dunn make clothes? Ray Dunn, yeah. Just shirt. (laughs) Across the ass. Pants. Not not pink, but just pants. Yeah. That'd be good. Left sock. It would have to be something different. I do have Nike socks that say left or right, though. So So Ray Dunn is late to the party? Exactly. At least for attire. So why would you... We're going to switch gears completely here. Why would you... Why do you think people are... This isn't even our opinion. This is just kind of fact. So, like, when people that have failed over and over again to stick to find a workout regimen or routine that they stick to, uh, they usually, you know, they wind up here after a certain amount of time or they've never even attempted to it to do that and they come here and then they find success, like, more long term. So, you know, our average member stays if, – if we, if we keep somebody typically within the first three months, if we get them to really kind of buy into what we're doing and get them to see the value of, of – what we're providing typically will keep somebody engaged and not just paying us. That's not the important part, but showing up for two or more years, which is around the amount that I feel like people will pay to go to a gym for that long, but just never show up. So why do you think we have a, a higher, I don't know if we would call it success rate, but I'd like to call it that. So a higher success rate than most other gyms, fitness centers, boot camps, things of that nature. I think the biggest thing would probably come down to relationships. Okay. Whether it's with the the person coaching you, other people in the gym, or the people you're working out with on a regular basis. If you have like a sense of community, you enjoy being around those people, that's going to have a huge effect on whether or not you continue to go to something. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely true. And I think t- kind of to, to add to that a little bit, if you if it's it's kind of like what happens when you don't have that i think because i do most of the the consultations in the beginning and the amount of people that just tell me they don't feel comfortable in certain parts or areas of a regular gym is is kind of astonishing like um the you know guys that it maybe just didn't work out when they were younger or i would say probably most women who just haven't been exposed to the weight room just don't even feel comfortable stepping onto a matted area in a gym so for a lot of them, the first, the first time they ever do that is when I take them through a movement screen after, uh, after kind of talking with them for like 30 minutes. And that might be the first time they've ever actually lifted a weight. And I think, right. and I think it's just a fear-based thing. So, but if you have somebody else that is just like you, you know, like coming from a similar background and they, they experience kind of the same, the same issues, the same fears, the same insecurities. Yeah. Like when you have that when you're in it together I think it makes a much much bigger difference so are you talking about like people that work out together that like meet here or people that 
like kind of join as a group? Because I know we have both. So what, like, which way would you, or does it not matter? Do you really think? I would say it doesn't matter, but I think most of the time it works out that people meet other people through here. You know, sometimes people either join with a friend or they'll have a friend uh, come in with them to try it out. But a lot of times, I mean, some of the, the best friendships that you see between clients in the gym are people that didn't know each other before they started working out here. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it's cool when, when someone who didn't know somebody else and who is like nervous or anxious about working out, like makes a good friend out of something that they thought was going to be a terrible experience, like becomes something that starts a new friendship. Like, Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, yeah, I didn't even really think of that, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of people who are here now, a lot of our outworkers have no, had knew nobody coming in, right. you know, they found us on Facebook or they found us, you know, on their website, they were just Googling personal training or something like that. Um, but there's something that you kind of touched on and I wanted to go back a little bit when you said that some people will come in either like through, because they know someone here or they, or through a friend. So if somebody were to, were to want to bring a friend in, like, what is the, like, what is the recommended way? Obviously I know this, but this is just kind of for everybody to let, let them know, like, what is the best way to, to do that? Like, so I know a lot of times we hear people are like, oh, you know, I have friends that are interested, but we talked about it and I don't know, I just don't know how to convince them. Right. So, and I know we've talked about this before. So what is kind of the best way that you would, that you, like the best advice you could give someone if they know a fr- family member, neighbor, coworker, or just a friend, someone that they, that they know that's interested in either continuing working out and kind of kicking things up here or starting working out for the first time. Like what is, what is one of our clients role in the referral process? The biggest part would be giving us their information, which I know sometimes can feel like it sounds so sleazy, right? Right, Exactly. Yeah. But if, if you have a friend who wants to start working out, who hasn't, and maybe at the beginning of the new year, they're like, I want to start working out again, or I want to start working out for the first time. They're, like we talked about before, a lot of people are nervous about this or have anxiety about it. And if if you just give them our email address or our website, there's a big chance that they're just gonna hang on to it and nothing's gonna happen from it. But if, if we are the people that reach out first and kind of just get them in the door to see what goes on in here, like you said, for a lot of people, their first time doing stuff is when they're in the consultation with you. So if we can just get someone to that step and to see what it's like in here and that it's not their like fear yeah their preconceived notion of what yeah that stereotypical like people always think like oh what do you guys do crossfit no not at all you scream at people (laughs) you yell yell yeah Yeah. you're really mean you put people on crash diets like no not not here um yeah no that's that's absolutely i think the best way and the other because that does two things one it takes the pressure off you as the friend like you don't have to do any convincing you're you're not for most people like they're not in sales and if they are they're not in sales for edge like they can just share their experience and then <laughs> yeah. ask if it's okay to pass along the information which i think is it does two things one it, it causes a current client or outworker here to not have to do more and more work than they need to like right. your job is just if, if you if you have a great experience and you want to share it share it and that's it and then if someone seems like they're interested or raised their hand or their eyebrow went up and they're a little bit interested let us know and we'll, we're happy to reach out like you said the other thing that that does is it reassures them that we're not dicks and i think right. that that's super important like or 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 it re- or no it or it confirms that we are dicks and then they don't have to waste their time and you don't have to waste your time talking to your friend about it but it, but hopefully it confirms and verifies that we're in fact just real people that actually want to help and i think that puts people's minds at ease the amount of times that 
that me or Marissa have called someone just to reach out and say like, hey, you know, like your, you know, your friend or your spouse said that you were interested, it, I think it puts a lot of people's anxiety at rest because either they're going to say yes and they're going to meet us because they liked what they heard on the phone or they're not and then we don't have to keep, then, exactly. we don't, then they don't have to keep thinking about it. They can find the thing that fits for them. Uh, the, the biggest mistake that I see when someone that's currently working out here wants their friend, family member, coworker uh, to come in is they try to do too much selling. They try to, they try to explain the, the session types and the things that we do and the price breakdown and the, the times that they have and the types of training and the trainers and the result. And they try to do too much. And for most people, it's, it's much simpler than that. They're going to ask a lot of those questions, but sure. like the, they don't actually care about almost any of those things. What they care about is like, do you like this? Will I be comfortable there? Can I see myself being successful there? That's it. So if you share your experience and they've, they've asked more questions, the, the easiest thing to do is to get back to like, you know, like get back to your dinner, your wine, your game, whatever you were doing before you started doing that right. and just say, Hey, you know what? I'll actually have them reach out to you if that's okay. They're, you know, they're not dicks. They're, they're going to give you good information. And then if it, you like them, you meet them and just kind of figure it out and we'll do a workout together. Um, the one thing is we don't do a ton of a ton of trial workouts. I know that a lot of places will do that. We we take people through a consultation process, uh, and it's kind of important for us to make sure that we know the person that we're dealing with, the type of coaching that they respond to, the type of program that they need. You know, do they need personal training? Should they go right into small group? Can they are they able to do team? Like what are what are their goals? Uh, and then any kind of medical or injury history. So to say have someone just like hey I brought my friend in that for a lot of places works and we really appreciate it, but it's definitely easier just for us to have the conversation first. A, it's less intimidating for your friend. Right. Um, and then B, it's just gonna be something like, like we said, it just follows that process where, where we can give them the best information. So that would be kind of, I guess, our breakdown of what the, the best type of client to, to get someone to refer, the best type of way to get a referral from your friend is to just, let us take it like once they raise their hand and say that they're interested and if they're if they have any trepidation at, to us reaching out then i think that's when you can start to talk with them more if sure. they're like no i don't want to talk with them because then they're not right. ready like they don't even want to have a phone conversation they're not ready exactly um but like you said if you give them our information now you're leaving someone who as you said is filled with anxiety has preconceived notions about what even though you even though as as a client you might have said something like Oh, this is really great. They're really nice. They, you know, they're super helpful. Like there's no pressure. There's not, you might've said all those things, but that's going in one ear and out the other. Cause they heard that like you were working with a personal trainer. They have this preconceived notion of the, right. the super fit Jack guy that's staring at himself in the mirror and then screaming at you to be better. That's, and obviously like if you're a client here, you know, that's not the case. <laughs> it's not what we do at all, but they don't, and they don't know right. that. So if they're, if they're ready and they, they're interested, like having that conversation is definitely going to be the best way to get somebody in.